well. And welcome to the Hot Flush, the premiere podcast for the perimenopausal. You're joined by your host, Mrs. Wood, and my lovely, clever, wonderful friend, <laughs> Mrs. Berry. How the hell are you? Well. Oh, my God. I'm, I am. How was your week? I am Go. white, middle class, and privileged, and I am exhausted. I am exhausted too. What an absolute, necessary, hard, uncomfortable shit show we are currently living through. It's not good. <sighs> Do you know? I saw something on. Um, someone put a, a a thing up on Instagram yesterday, and I. It was actually. I just. I actually loved it and it was this was by someone called leslie dwight what if 2020 isn't cancelled what if 2020 is the year we've been waiting for a year so uncomfortable so painful so scary so raw that it finally forces us to grow a year that screams so loud finally awakening us from our ignorant slumber a year we finally accept the need for change, declare change, work for change, become the change. A year we finally band together instead of pushing each other further apart. 2020 isn't cancelled, but rather the most important year of them all. Oh, I think that's amazing. How amazing is that? That is actually a bit of a game changer for me. Yeah. Because I've been wallowing. Oh, same. And like just just going remunerating over and over in my head about what a shit show this has been. Yeah, but that's and actually I, really helpful. And I spoke to our um, our black friend Noreen Young, and I was saying I can't the depth and breadth and scale of the change that is required is incalculable, and we seem to have made so little change in so long. And I just I feel like I just. And she said, it is, she said it is. It is a massive, massive change. And Do you think it's going to happen in our lifetime? No. Yeah, neither do I. I don't think you can get, like, how do you, like, on things like an institutional level and a legislative level, like so much of this stuff has now been in place for decades like since the since the 80s mm. so we're now talking about things that have been in place for 30 years that have still not improved things mm. and then and i know it's really different um you know the situation here's the other thing the situation for a black person in sydney compared to a black person in the northern territory or in darwin is both very different and exactly the same mm. And so every, do you know, every, every child in juvenile detention in the Northern Territory is Aboriginal mm. or Torres Strait Islander, every single one. There is no, not just... one child in juvenile detention from any other background. How do you, like, I, that's what, and do, can you imagine the culture within Aboriginal communities in the Territory and the police culture in the territory mm. to 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 break down what has been there essentially since white white people arrived, and it's the same it's the same everywhere. It's the same in Redfern. It's the same in um, Walgett. It's the same in Wilcannia. It's and I, and that's the thing, and that's why I've just been despairing, and. 
because we can, if we can make the changes at the top in the legislation and the structures and the, and the protocols and all of that, it then has to embed into, and look, we haven't even come that far in, in inequality for women. I know, I was going to say, <laughs> my mind is now racing to every sort of injustice like, part of the world. And it's like, it's too much, Kim, though. Like, I know. It's just, you can really get, and I know that so many of our readers are just having a shit time at the moment. I know. You know, we've got readers who are reaching out saying, I can't actually get out of bed at the moment. Yeah. Um, it's just a, a really, really difficult time to navigate your way through, but you have to look after your brain. You do. And I think, but I do think, and this is, Rob and I talk about this a lot, the, the privilege we have of, be, of having a choice to not think about it. Yeah, I know. I know. And then you feel, then in comes the guilt. And it's like, <laughs> it's just... it is such a privilege to be able to go, oh my God, this is too overwhelming. I just can't think yeah, about it Yeah, I can't anymore. think about it anymore. Like when, when people live it every minute of every yeah. day. But one of the other things I, the other... The other thing that I saw that was very helpful for me, and I think it will be very helpful for some people here as well, is um, a a statement that I read that talked about how uh, that change is... um, This was another one from uh, her handle is Laura Brown 99. Uh, Some are posting on social media. Some are protesting in the streets. Some are donating silently. Some are educating themselves. Some are having tough conversations with friends and family. I love this line. A revolution has many lanes. Be kind to yourself and to others who are travelling in the same direction. Just keep your foot on the gas. I just think that is such a great way of putting it. And you might not... You might not be able to go to a rally or you might that might be outside your comfort zone but you can donate to an aboriginal health service or uh, a program in your local area or you can Can we put those up in the show notes can you put the links up yeah some of those um yes because i do have another one that some that someone else has put up yeah i do have a couple of these and i'm what i might do is also put them on very negligent with our hot flush Instagram page because I figure that most of our listeners just follow you and me. So it just just having another account is like, oh my God, I can't do it. Um, but I will put them there yeah. because we update that page less. So sure. they'll sit there. They'll be near the top of the feed for longer. But I will put them up. And actually I'll put them on the Facebook because someone, I can't remember who it was, but there's a great list of ways you can financially support um, Indigenous programs and, and things going on. So... Um, so we are we are going to the protest this afternoon. We are. We will report back. Yes, afterwards. we're going to do. We're going to record this bit, and then we're we're going. Oh my god, we've got an afternoon of activism. We're going up for, to say bye to Tim the butcher. Tim the butcher is our local butcher, and after ten years, he's been forced to shut due to a landlord who is a nasty bastard. Um, the whole neighbourhood is just, it's, it's almost like someone's died. Yeah. It's really sad. And I, everyone's like, it's just butchered. No, he was, they're, they're 14 staff, you know, out of jobs. Yep. 
14 stars. And I, my freezer is packed, <laughs> let me tell you. You should have bought more and you could have put it in the coffin at my place. Oh, yes. Yes. Anyway, so we're going to go see that. Uh, and there's a little group gathering out there when he shuts the door for the final time. Oh, boy. And then we're going to head into the city. Yep. And we are, before you go off your tits at us, we are social distancing. Yep. We're adhering to all the rules. We are peaceful protesting. We are wearing masks. We are sanitised up to our assholes. And we would just need to go. I just, I just need, need to, to go. go. It is a basic human right in a democracy to peacefully protest against things your government is or isn't doing. Mm. And to then sort of have a court say, no, you can't do it, is even further evidence that you... Should be. The only reason I will be violent is if I see Josh Frydenberg. <laughs> Josh Frydenberg? That's random. Why him? No. Uh, no, sorry, Peter Dutton. Oh, Peter Dutton. <laughs> I, I will kick him in the shin. I don't think he'll be at Sydney Town. I or... don't like that man. He's a very, very cruel man. Mm. He's yeah. a dreadful man. He ha- He's very much what falls into the category of a hardliner. Oh, he just and needs I a kick in the dick. I find that very... I don't think I think it's very hard I, I, I don't really understand hardliners outside of things like um, you know child assault rape murder you, you know yeah, like like the evil doing yeah of yeah there's evil. some sort of notion that you know anyone coming to this country by whatever means because they are desperate to escape a life of no hope and violence is somehow bad. <laughs> That's the kind of hardliner I struggle with. <laughs> but we are going um, because it's important. I'm quite, I'm actually quite anxious about going. I am, like, fucking anxious about yeah, going. Rob I have is, my rescue remedy at the ready. Rob is really very nervous about it. I'm seeing him. He's walking up and down my street. Oh, is he? Yes. The poor thing, he's, okay, so we, he's really worried about Grovey at the moment because he's like, He's spending too much time on the computer. He doesn't have any other interests. Baseball has stopped. And then he's when he's off the computer, he's just because that's all he's been. Yeah, I mean, it's great. He's being a parent. I'm looking at him going, and I can't even, I'm kind of not even that worried because he's so worried. Like, I'm just like, he'll be fine. Like, God, parenting is tough. We say it every week, but Jesus Christ. And why can't we just have a conversation with them once and then that's it? Oh, look, I'm, I'm getting thrown a, bo- a bone at every now and then. Oh. Like, and I'm like, oh, my God, you're amazing. You're such a nice person. Yeah. And then I yanked back into reality. I know. I'm taking a deep breath, deep breath. Yeah, but you see, that's what they do. It's like a ba- like it's like a baby. Don't you reckon in that first, those first few weeks when all they do is sleep and shit and they don't. You and don't wriggle. Get, and wriggle. Oh, and so you don't, beautiful. Oh, they are beautiful, but you don't get anything back for them, from them. And then eventually the adrenaline wears off from the birth and all you are is so fucking tired. <laughs> and you just go, and then, you know, your husband or your partner goes back to work and you, you see all your friends out getting smashed at the bar. <laughs> you know, what the fuck did I do with my life? And right at that point, they, they start smile. smiling at you. I know. My sister always says that they start smiling at six weeks because that's when you're about to top yourself. Yeah. And yep. so they give something back to you. And that's you. what teenagers do. They wear you down and down, except it's over a longer period of time. And it's very unpredictable. And so you basically get two between two to four years of absolute shit. But then you get these in the last, that yeah. sort of, from the, from the third year up, you start getting these little glimpses. I know. And you go, oh, they, he might look oh. at me and smile and like wink his eye and tell me I'm beautiful. And I'm like, oh, oh 
Oh, you're going to do nice. Oh. It can happen. It oh. will happen. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, oh. I know. Mm, yeah. Um, okay, so let's talk about things that are good. What is good for you? <sighs> My new oven. Yes. <laughs> we <laughs> have 60 seconds go. Week three of the new oven. Um, oh, my God. I saw a roast pork get trotted out the other night. I know. Can I put an order in for that? Yeah, sure. Just a sneaky roast pork. God. It was so good. The crackling. I know. And do you know what? I didn't even crackle that. Like, I I just put it in the oven and I just cooked it. And then the crackle just crackled. It was magnificent. Yeah, I was pretty happy about was. that. Um, what else is great? My job is great at the moment. Oh, fantastic. So much, yeah, my boss and I just were, oh, my God, so many ideas and so many, you know, just it's a really great relationship. You know, we really feed off each other and we support each other. Um, it's a great team. Went into the office. To oh, office. yes, you did. First time. On Tuesday we went in, which was the first day... We'd all been in in eleven weeks to the day, so that was pretty. That was pretty great, and all our desks are actually quite wide, so they're at least a meter and a half apart. So, so is it one day a week in the office? At yeah, the moment? yeah, and probably build up to two, but yeah. then that'll pretty much be yeah, it. Yeah, good. And I'm really okay with that. Well, we put on, we've put up some art in your house. <gasps> last week. Oh my god! So is that before? Oh no, that was before, wasn't it? And that's right. And we la- and I we did the podcast last week on yeah. Sunday, yeah. and then I was like, "Oh my god, we didn't talk about you just putting art up with the with your eye." Like, <laughs> so Lucy has lent me a, fo- a painting that is just gorgeous, on permanent. She loved it, so I gave it to her because I loved it, but she loved it more. And I thought, well, that's the sign. Ugh. Anyway, it's above my desk, so I look at it every day and quite a few times during the day. Because if there's one thing my husband cannot stand for. It's, it's things that not being done properly. I know. So he'd had like quite a few scotches. Quite a few. Said, We're going to hang up all the art. Get me something to hang it up. Get with. me a drill. And then I've got this weird ability to be able to just pick the spot that the art goes. Yeah. So he's like, hey, look at this. Where? And down, left, right. And boom, within 15 minutes, we have art up and all so the house. <laughs> Rob, went to, Rob went to pick Jasper up for work and came back and there was about four bits of art <laughs> slowly hanging in our house. And do you know... It is so lovely. It's it just, has to have art. It, it just feels makes like, you feel good. It feels like a grown-up house. Yeah. Like it feels like. And let me just say, people. I mean, there are three bits of there are three bits of art. One from Kate, and two others. One is a photo series of the Harbour Bridge being built, and the other one, that one is a, a, a print of this some famous Japanese artist. Um, those two came from Rob. So, so there's only there's those three, and the rest are just pieces that. Jasper and Grover have done. Yeah, put art up on your walls. It makes you happy. So just put your kids' art up. Whack it in an Ikea frame or a Kmart frame. And what you need is just a drill. <laughs> and an eye. And an eye. You um, need one of you going up, left, right, I down. want to share something with the listeners this week, which I think I have got such a giggle out of. This is me and Kim having a conversation yesterday on Messenger. <laughs> me. I have a hormonal pimple in the middle of my chin, bubbling underneath, which might just be the worst ever in the world. It is at least 1.5 centimetres in diameter. And then I sent her a photo and she said she couldn't see it. So then I outlined it and she was like, "Er." Like I actually thought that that was, you know how on your chin you just have like your divot and then the bottom of your chin? No, that's, that's the whole... doesn't actually have that. She has like, it's, yeah, it's like a shiner. Thing. Yeah. Anyway, so she comes, she comes back to me. I am here for it. Live feed the popping ceremony. <laughs> I 
I know. And then she wrote, At about 2pm today, my hormones shifted gear so loudly, I thought the transmission had dropped out. Now I hate everyone. <laughs> also, eating. I just ate cold gravy on toast. I did. It was delicious. I wrote, Oh, yum. (laughs) (laughs) Can I tell you about my pork gravy? Yeah. So the piece of pork, I put it on a bed of onions and green apples and fennel fennel seed. And uh, and then I poured in a bottle of beer, bottle of ale. Stout. Stout. And um, yeah, and I just cooked it in that. And then for the gravy, I just even I just left it chunky and put the flour over, browned that off a bit, and then just add, just added stock, and then it was just so that gravy was so complex, it was just magic. You are a good cook. Yeah, I really am. You really are. And then that crumble thing that you trotted out. Ah, oh. Jesus, Kim. Speaking oh. of which, we've got some exciting news. I'm working with FarQ. On oh. a line of merchandise. I'm so excited about this. Uh, the profits uh, projected will be zero, but I don't even care because we're going to have some T-shirts with some of our favourite sayings on it. <gasps> Jesus, Kim. <laughs> Yay. What was the other ones? Bored now. Bored now. God, I haven't said bored now for a long time. And just keep so- plucking. Just keep plucking. That's it. So that's it. We're going to get some merch out to the to the gang. Oh. The gang's grown significantly too, by the way. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Thank you. I still think we need to do like some sort of little um, like um, badged, branded tweezers. Oh, yes. Well, we're, we're, this is just the beginning, Kim. Just the beginning. We're going to have mouse pads. We're going to have vibrators. Wine we're glasses. We're going to have everything. <laughs> we're going to be your one-stop shop for all things cranky, scratchy, itchy and flaky. <laughs> Did you write that down? No. Is that part of it? Oh, Jesus. Okay. The one-stop shop. Keep talking while I write it down. Oh, uh, okay. Um, so if you've got any ideas for things that you would like to see merched up, hot flush style, please let us know. I'm excited because my jonquils are coming through. Oh. I'm excited because I'm just almost 47 and um, going batshit crazy and... I've got no um, motivation <laughs> to do anything. Oh, God, maybe you and Grover need to talk. <laughs> <laughs> That's Grover. Yeah, because he actually said to me the other day, I just, I've just lost my mo- motivation. Oh, do you know when... He's 12. <laughs> you lose your motivation at 12. Yes. Oh, I'm, that's oh, just... Don't encourage them to talk, kids. Oh, I know. I know. We're dressed today as... Like some sort of black, the Black Widows. Black Widows. We're going to be the Black Widows marching down Can you, um, the street. Can you? Know I'm that I've got a, like I'm all in black, and then I have a red wing, red ring, and a yellow. Yes, ring. I did notice because that's that. a tasteful like original. Fuck, look at us, white middle class I women know. just turning up. Oh my but god! Do you know what I think about that? The rocks, as in in Sydney's historical area, was basically saved by a group. Of middle class white women in Castle Craig. Is that right? Yep. Who uh, they'd been they'd, they'd been trying to you know the, all these places the whole area was going to be raised and turned into oh high my rise. God. All of the rocks was the plan was for it all to be raised and there to be high rise um, office blocks and and you know buildings there. And this group of women got wind of it and just went that cannot happen. And they then worked with Jack Mundy, who was an amazing. Um, 
I don't know if he was a politician. I think he was a politician. If he wasn't, he was something in the union movement. And basically all the unions, they called them the green bands and the unions refused to work on it. And that's how, wow. and it went on, it went on and on, but everyone has a role. Mm. And Rob, when I, we first started going out, I used to call myself, you know, the um, a, a suburban housewife. And one, eventually at one point he just went, I'm going to give you a quota as to how many more times you're allowed to say that. And it doesn't matter if you live in the suburbs. It doesn't matter what colour your skin is. It doesn't matter how much money you earn. We are all going to play a role in, in this change from systemic endemic racism and discrimination. And so, yes, me in my ridiculousness of just going, I'm going to wear a red and yellow ring because that's like showing sort of um, uh, support. It's just ridiculous. Uh, but we're going to be there. Yeah, there's a couple of things that trigger my anxiety. One of them's large crowds. Yeah, I hate large crowds. But that's why this is my kind of pro- this is my kind of rally. You're not allowed to get very close to anyone. I know. So the three of us can stand together, and then there needs to be a meter and a half between us and everyone else. And I will be very, very conscious of that too. Yeah, yeah. Well, we all have people in our lives who are immuno suppressed, suppressed, or, or you know, not as immuno confident as the rest of us. Mm. Um. Having said that, we are going to take our break now. Oh, yes, we're off to... We're off to do some... From one extreme to the other. I know, it's just so sad. So sad. Anyway, we'll come back, we'll report back... Yes. And we'll answer your questions and... um, Onward. See you after the break. Yeah, we'll see you after the break. Or break, (laughs) as opposed to bake. What's a bake? Bake, I don't know. (laughs) This could be interesting. And we're back. Uh-huh. We're back. You are joining us for the second half of the Hot Flush podcast. Yes, <sighs> you are. Excuse me while I just inhale this glass of wine. Alcohol is not the answer, kids. Um, we've had a very emotional afternoon. Of course, we, we recorded the first half. Oh, that's terrible. What is that? It's Villa Maria. God, everyone loves Villa Maria. It's very fruity. I just like dry white. In fact, why am I drinking wine? I can't drink wine. I'll be hot flushing like a, I don't know, like what? A so, flushing traffic sign. So first off, we got, anyway, we, sorry. We got off um, the Ooh. podcast. Oh, and then um, as we were going to leave to go to the butchers to the farewell ceremony, yes. Mr. Woog asked me <clears throat> to, in five minutes, turn off his curry because he was leaving. Yes, turn the curry. Darling, can you please, in five minutes, turn off the curry, put the lid on. That was it. And then he turned to Kim and said, Kim, <laughs> I love my wife and she is very beautiful, but she's not, she's, she's also very unreliable. In five minutes, can you please turn my curry off and put a lid on? And I went, absolutely. Yep. And with that, it flew out of my head and I don't know where. And the so the next half an hour we were up at the butcher listening to him give a farewell oh. speech while we all cried and he, like there were so many people that turned out. And then when we got home, I smelt something funny and I said, Kim, <laughs> did you turn off the curry and put the lid on? No, this is what she said. This is what she said. No word at all. Like, oh, my God, did you turn the curry off and put the lid on? Oh, my God, you didn't turn it off, Kim, you didn't. And then I said, this is all your fault. You've got to save this. This is all your fault. And then I ran away. And we totally saved it. 
It was absolutely fine. And then Harry, the traitor, <gasps> told Mr. Woog. What had happened. What had happened. So rude. He's going to cop it. Oh, no. Speaking of cops. Yes. We've just come back from the rally in uh, At Town Sydney Hall. Town Hall for the Black Lives Matter. It was, there were a thousands and thousands and thousands of people. I've never seen so many people in one spot. And I'm, a, I'm like a, a rally goer. I go to all of them. Yes. But I've never seen anything that big before. And it was very respectful. It was and a cool vibe. It was a cool vibe. Um, there was there was still a lot of, uh, not so much a, it was, there's still, not still, sorry, that's not the right word. There's a lot of anger and a lot of frustration and a lot of exhaustion, all of it completely valid. Mm. Um, and I, I think the way the crowd was, was really great. It was in really terms caring. Of, Yes. There were people handing out bottles of water. There were people oh. sharing their uh, so hand sanitizer. That was, no, no, was making no. sure that they had masks. There so was this really was nice... something I was going to... Sorry to keep... Yeah, you are interrupting this was, me. I know, I'm so rude. This was something that Sally Rugg put up. And Sally, uh, Sally was um, basically the organiser. Is that... I think that's what you would call her. Uh, for the Marriage Equality Act. So she is, she knows herself a good rally, right? And she put up a tweet saying, um, I've been organising and attending rallies for years and warriors of the Aboriginal resistance run them so professionally. Every element of safety is accounted for. Marshals go through hours of training. There are medics, lawyers, media guides through a thorough conflict de-escalation plans. Um, There are detailed plans for different hypothetical crises, plans for speaker and crowd safety, very clear guides from leadership on what is and is not acceptable from the crowd. Don't believe anything you read about war events, war events, um, which means warriors of the Aboriginal resistance, war events looking for trouble. They just want to be heard. And I just, I just thought that was, yeah, and that's that's exactly what it was like. There was, sorry, Sally is the executive director of change.org um, and she was a former campaign director of Get Up um, and she had written a book called How Powerful We Are, which was the book about the same-sex uh, marriage equality movement. Um, but it, it's really interesting, you know, we were there to show support. We're, uh, this was not a place for, a, you know, a white person to have an opinion or, uh, you know, a, a platform. This was about us being there to support and to and to learn and and to acknowledge to acknowledge the and you know that uh, yeah it's sort of and then of course and then we were there and then they were just starting to move the crowd into a into a, a walk up to um, Hyde Park and then I think it was I think the plan was then onto Parliament House. Um, no, Bradfield Park. Oh, Bradfield Park. So people had arrived at Bradfield Park and the tail end had not moved from out the front of the QBB. I've never seen so many people in my life. Wow. That is that is astounding. Yeah. And the cops were lovely. There was no... Absolutely. Well, where we were. We didn't see any sort of no. aggression. 
they were they were very interestingly like, none I, of them had masks on didn't they didn't have masks on which was a concern but most of the crowd did i wanted to pet the horses but he was really sweet and told me not to um oh did he yeah fair enough yeah i am um, i am completely obsessed by police horses they're beautiful they're just the most remarkable creatures. Mm. Did you? Know, I don't think you can do it anymore. But the New South Wales Mounted Police Unit used to have one day a month, and they'd open it up because it's at Redfern. The stables yeah. are in Redfern, and they'd open it up, and you could go in. Oh, that would be a dream. And I just always wanted to do it. I don't think they do it anymore. Oh, it's sad. Okay, so that was interesting, um, and I well, I don't know quite the numbers. There's been quite a few numbers buried about, but I'll I'll see you and see what yeah. what the numbers were. Yeah. Uh, peaceful um, and, you know, respectful. Yeah, but um, but it's in, it's intense. That's what it is. Yes, it's, just it's very intense. Yeah, and I'm okay. and I'm really glad that we went. Let's move on to our favourite part. Okay, readers' question. Readers' questions. Uh, oh, Louise wants to know about your recent art acquisition. Yes, Louise, if you go to Instagram and click and go and find Hugh Gallery, the artist is a Melbourne man. His name is Hugh Evans. Um, and yes, that's all I can tell you about that. Yep. And it's beautiful. And she's, cause she's saying, I've got no idea where to start. Yeah. Start with Hugh Evans. Okay. And then, but how else do you start looking, like, how do you just browse to look at different, to find different artists that you'd like? Do you, are there galleries that we should follow or is there, like, how do you? Well, I go to exhibitions. Well, yeah. Local that. exhibitions. Start, support your local artists. That's a really good way to get started. Yeah. So if there's a local exhibition c- coming up, and they, they are everywhere. Yeah. And for a couple of hundred bucks, you could pick up something that you really you really love. Yeah. Um, and just start that way. Okay, there you go. There you go. Um, uh, Donna is saying, tell me tales of flavoured gin. Um. I'll let, let Kim do that oh, one. Oh, let me count the ways. I have opinions about flavoured gin because, um, I mean, in essence, sort of all gins are in a way flavoured because they're putting, they're pumping the alcohol through botanicals or whatever it is. I find some of the pink gins are too sweet and it really just is a suck it and see. Like buy something and if you don't like it, give it to a friend um, and that's pretty much how we run. Everyone who is into gin should be following... The gin queen. The gin queen. She's um, amazing. Her name's Caroline Childerly, Childerly and but she's on, ev- she's on everywhere and she's called the gin queen and she will tell you everything you need to know about that. Um, Christine says, I bought the swag. Oh, holy shit, she bought the swag. The swag, like as in sleeping in yeah, the swag. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Christine, that's so cool. Okay, you need to fill us in on that. Uh, Vanessa, how have your boys transitioned back to school? Terribly. Um, yeah, yeah, that was re entry oh, was bumpy. Oh, my God, the whinging. Sweet Jesus, the whinging. There might have been a, an incident where I had to go in and flex some muscles to the uh, principal of my local high school, but oh, all is well that ends God. well. You, no. Yeah. No. That's just... <laughs> I don't know what I would do if the principal rang me. I think I would poo my pants. Oh, we're practically dating. (laughs) Oh, Beverly, I hope you're having the most lovely long weekend. She's off in Foster with a good friend who she hasn't seen in ages. Heartful indeed. Oh, perfect. Um, Justine, oh, this thrilled me so much. So you remember last week Justine was talking about how she's lost her job and the kids are about to go back to school and she's really worried about how she's going to function. Um, and we basically got all, we got very bossy 
Like, I think that's the only word for it. <clears throat> anyway, she says, thank you both for your wonderful advice on last week's podcast. I started exercising every morning and I've made a list of projects to get cracking on next week when the kids return to school. I've decided I need routine and deadlines. Yep. Amen, sister. Yep. Otherwise, you're flailing. You're just flailing around. Yes. Um, oh, now, Julie had uh, Julie uh, talks about how she got to see her almost 18-year-old son last week, or as she says, almost 18-year-old teenage dirtbag last Saturday, and had got to talk to him for about four hours. Um, and that the past few years had been a very strange relationship. And, Julie, I actually remember you posting um, about that probably way back, right near the very beginning, before we even um, were famous. Uh, <laughs> 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 we're so funny. Um, anyway, so, and then... Uh, yeah, she actually was at her mum's place when he turned up and um, her mum kept badgering her to do things and she was like, fuck off mum, I'm actually talking to my son for the first time in, um, in ever and that stuff can wait, which is fabulous news. Very happy to hear that. Um, can you stop saying um? No. <laughs> so <laughs> you are bossy. Susie says, finally headed out of Canberra via Wollongong to pick up my younger sister and my niece. Then headed north to my younger sister's place near Port Macquarie for the weekend. Oh, that does sound nice. Gosh, all these people doing nice things for the weekend. Well, we, had a Mary, we had a Mary's Burger. We I'm going did. out to lunch with girlfriends tomorrow. Oh, are you? Yeah. I want to drag my family out on a bushwalk. I really want to start proper bushwalking, like trail walking. Like... Bored now. Uh, I know. I really do. Um, Stop talking about it and fucking do it. We're a bit um, snippy at each other now, aren't we? <laughs> wow. Maybe you two lovelies need a weekend away, two and a half hours from Sydney. Think South. Think Jarvis Bay. Is it Jarvis? It is Jarvis, Jarvis isn't Bay, it? Yeah. I don't know. Why is that? Why do they spell it Jervis? Anyway, it's Jarvis. Move on. Keep going. Um, while wa- I know. Whale watching season's starting. Okay. <laughs> Just watched Becoming on Netflix. Can't someone convince Michelle Obama to run for president? Now, Lisa, I get you. I hear you. But... Just it annoys me because those sorts of programs, that's, that's of course, it's so, it's so edited to do that. But, yes, she's amazing. She is amazing. I know. Um, oh, Kathy, I need teenage boy advice. Yep. Are you listening? Yep. My 13-year-old son plays online with schoolmates and during COVID it was vital, um, it was vital in keeping him connected with his school friends. Correct. There's a, there's a particular boy in the group that knows how to push his buttons. I'm sure he gets pleasure from it. And my boy gets very angry to the point I have to get him off the game to settle down. I'm over the verbal arguments and tears. Does anybody, does, how does anyone else deal with this? Not well. Not well. Yeah. Um, that little boy's a sociopath. Hmm? That little boy's a sociopath. The yeah. one that's bullying your son. Yeah. Because only sociopaths get pleasure out of causing pain to other people. Yeah. But don't forget, like... See, this is the thing at this age. Like, think about it in friendships and in uh, not necessarily friendships, but say sibling relationships where you know exactly how to push their buttons. Oh, yeah. And then you push them and push them and then they crack and you laugh because <laughs> <laughs> look at you. Uh-huh. You know, now mum's yelling at you to be quiet. <laughs> I mean, it is. It's sociopathic behaviour. <laughs> let's, let's not get it wrong. Um, Oh, okay. I wish my kids would love gaming. It would shut them up for a while. Well, it doesn't though. And uh, um, I just want to say, Kathy, this is exactly where we're at 
Oh my God, Isabel Barbara is just going to sleep on Woogsy's bed, but she's using her paw to cover her little face like a cat. Yeah, so she can get the darkness. Okay, that's very adorable. Um, Kathy, Rob and I are dealing with this at the moment with um, with Grover, like at, he's 12. And same thing, all of his social... All of his social life has been done through the gaming and he's very good at it and he wants to be very good at it and he's actually live streams and he does all this stuff and he's actually earning money off it. Like I'm talking like 50 cents, but, um, but we are so sick of just getting the one way conversation that you get of these kids of him like yelling and, and dissing and, and trash talking his mates, which is what they're all doing. And it's part of, they, they all do it. I used to be horrified. And then, of course, when you talk to all the other parents, you know, it's just par for the course and it's just what it is. But we don't know what to do. We have tried everything, limiting time, talking to him, trying to – and now now I'm really focused on finding something else for him to get obsessed by, but that's probably not going to work. Guinea pigs. Guinea pigs. Um, And then Sally gives them – she's really great. She says – my son's now almost 19. All I can say is that it was a case of my son trying to find his place at an all-boys Catholic school. I read the Riot Act more times than I can remember. Banned Xbox, you name it. In the end, he grew out of it and came to his own realisation that those he played with were who um, who were pushing his buttons worth, won't, Jesus, weren't worth engaging with online, but it took years. This is so true. And and it's a, it is about sort of finding their tribe um, and you can't cut them off from it because it's different time, different era. It's there. It's so much of their life. Anyway, there's some really good advice under that bit. Um, oh, Nanette asks, how do you get your cooking mojo back? <laughs> how do you get it in the first place? <laughs> you, uh, Nanette, you write a cooking, you write a weekly menu plan of things you would like to eat. Or you would like to, you know, foods you'd like to eat or foods you want to, that you do actually want to cook. Don't ask anyone else what they want for dinner that week. Oh, that's a trap for young players. Trap for young players. So just write, do a list for the week, shop for the week, and then you've got the list. So then every day when you're like, oh, what am I going to cook for dinner? You've got the list. And you can mix the days up. So you can have Saturday night on Wednesday night if you just want to be completely cray-cray. But just, just, that's the way to go. Um, okay. Uh... Cindy has... Oh, hi, Cindy. You need tips on how to deal with feeling anxious. Cindy, this is bad. Well, not bad, but, you know, I'm bad. I'm sad that you're going to need this. Um, we cover this a lot. We've spoken about this a lot. A lot. So anxious, anxiety is important to have possessed some of. Yeah. But to have too much of, it can cause a chemical imbalance in your brain. Yes. And it's very, very closely linked, linked to stress. So the best thing you can do is think of how could can you deflate your stress levels? What can you do so that you're not building up stress upon stress and then it bursts into a, a panic attack? Yeah. If there's one thing I know, Kim, it's all about this. Yes. <laughs> um, there is so many good... If you go to the Beyond Blue website... Um, and anxiety is so prevalent at the moment because, you know, all the shit that's, that's going, going on. on in the world. Um, and there's, start there, so many good resources. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's give a shout out to Maria. 
who is 318 days out from her breast cancer diagnosis. That's awesome. To her chemo, to surgery, and then onto the last fraction of radiation yesterday. Oh. Active treatment is complete. Thank goodness. Onto hormone blockers. Mm-hmm. Let's see what delights they bring to my life. <laughs> Eye roll. But then she says, know your boobs, check your boobs. Yes, Maria. Thank you and congratulations. That's awesome. Um, wow. Lisa had a dream that you were her bus driver in New York. <laughs> I was the bus driver. You were the bus driver. <laughs> but you looked way too glamorous to be driving a bus. So I told her. And then she said, COVID dreams. Anyone else having totally random dreams? Oh, yes, we've um, talked about that before too. Oh, Crazy. Dear. I had a dream last night that Rob and I had our first ever fight and it was over a takeaway tub of matzo ball soup and I had it resting on the sheets in his grandparents' bed and he saw it and came running and going, no, 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 no. I said, no, I know it's there. And I went to pick it up and he was so flustered and, and, and you know, anxious I was going to tip in the bed that as I was, as I picked it up, he sort of went, got onto the bed. So it sploshed onto his grandparents' sheets. And then I went to strip the bed and I took their, their pillows off and the pillow slips were crusted on brown, like just Ugh. dirt out of their hair. Oh, my God. Yeah, That's no. crazy. I know. Well, we all know about me and Barnaby Joyce, but did you know about me and Clive Palmer? Oh, what the? Yeah, COVID dreams. Thanks. Yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not even, I don't. No, don't don't, don't I, open no. that worm. Um, that can of worms. D, you, yep, kick that, kick that uterus to the curb. She's getting it. Good. Getting it out on Thursday. Excellent. Um... Jenny, husband's NDIS was approved. It's Excellent. fantastic. Uh, Look you kicking goals out there, I ladies. know, right? Look, as I said, you guys need to, you know, we need some pep talk. Um, <laughs> oh, Anne's going free caravanning in Gundagai for the long weekend. I don't even know what free caravanning is. But... I like that sentence very much. I have no idea what it means, <laughs> but I like the notion of it. Yeah, yes. So it's, it doesn't like, it's like free, free fanning falling. or something. Um, oh, if you could go anywhere in the world when the borders open up, no budget restraints, where would you go? Italy. Yep, same. Oh! Yeah. Do you want to go together? Okay. Okay. Do you want to come from, do you want to go to Italy for my 50th? Yes, I okay. do. Okay, all right. Great. Um, oh, Fiona, end of first week at new job. Oh, I'm exhausted for you. Oh, the God. It's so, that, those first few weeks. Yeah. Oh. You, and you get home and you basically, it's like when you're in the first trimester of pregnancy, like we just, yeah. you just fall asleep. You get home from work and you and fall asleep. And you can't remember anyone's name. Oh. And then you've pissed somebody yes. off straight away because you said their name wrong or you use their mug and, oh. Yeah. Um, oh, Judy says, Judy says, I think it's helpful to remind ourselves that real change looks messy. Hmm. Australia and the US are not going to change systematically to make life safe and equitable for black people without lengthy and loud protest. Mm-hmm. She's so true. That's so true. And that's what you said before we went to the protest today, that I it's said, uncomfortable. Change is uncomfortable, can be scary and can be stressful. And uh, that's why we have to step up and embrace that because... That's... And that's sort of in a lot of aspects of life, isn't it? Yeah, so much. Hmm. <sighs> hmm. Hmm. Do you think that'll do? I think we're done. I am spent. I, I am need to take spent. this bra off <laughs> and put some soft pants on. A soft pant. And go and watch a movie with the 
glass of wine. I think it's just you and Mr. Woog at home tonight. I know. Boom, chicka, bow, bow, With that pleasant thought, we'll leave you. Thank you for joining us. Special thanks to our Patreons and our new people and, of course, to you old hags that have been around since the beginning. We love you. We love you. And as we like to say, just keep plucking.